The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. This podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Big thanks to New Day, N-E-U-D-A-E, at New Day Music on Twitter. Appreciate the song Lion Kings, which is our intro to the pod this season. James, your latest Farm Futures is up on the site. It's stashing season. It's been stashing season for some time, but... um, now is a good time as, as any in your leagues out there. If you're, you know, maybe in the middle of packs, put some guys on that bench. You could give you a shot in the arm a little later in the season. It's the dog days of stash, you know. <laughs> I mean, we've got a lot of guys stashed, you and I, but there there are other guys still out there waiting to be stashed, yeah. and uh, probably in some shallower leagues, you know, you might still be able to go add a guy like Vlad Guerrero Jr. I. I mean, I've seen people tweeting about that this week. Like, might be time to go add Vlad Jr. I mean, he's he's owned in all my leagues at this point, but maybe yeah, maybe you're in some leagues where, where guys like that are still out there. Yeah, I thought last year maybe I went too hard with the stash. Now I'm thinking I didn't go hard enough because as we've been talking about, what's the point of having like a Joey Wendell on your bench? Just use the waiver wire as your bench when an injury hits. Otherwise, just load up on upside their reserve spots and i think this is a particularly interesting year for stashing because you have you know three or four of the top pitching prospects in baseball are all in the upper levels or the majors and then you have you know basically every guy in the top 10 with maybe one or two exceptions is probably going to make the big leagues this year it's just a an uh, exciting year in terms of the top talent being so close to the majors. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of these guys just looking more major league ready at a young age than in the past. And I think that's the case, you know, quality of the double a pitching is preparing these youngsters for uh, their first taste of the big leagues. And we also be 
talking about our latest entries in the top collabs countdown. Also, get your next pick for the the next player to get called up. We did see Dustin Fowler, so that counts as one. You know, we're going to try uh, to make it a, a streak now. Borderline. Uh, who, did, who, who was your pick? Slight asterisk. I mean, I, I my first pick was Roman Quinn. Then you let me throw two guys into the yeah. mix. That's it counts. That, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Get, get we, the thing so rolling. We're, yeah, we're trying to get the snowball rolling <laughs> Because last year's streak was insane. We're just trying to get a little streak going. Um, but before we do any of that, James, I want to talk a little trade with you because you had an unfortunate setback, let's just say, and Staff Keeper 3, you're ready to maybe – Starts selling off some pieces. You already got some guys who are reaching out, trying to pry away some talented pieces. And I'm in the middle of the pack right now, not doing great, but I feel like I can make a run at it given the caliber of the prospects I have. Maybe add quite a bit of talent to the big league roster. So let's talk here for a little bit. I know you have Tommy Pham. You have Kyle Schwarber. You have Kyle Hendricks. Got my eye on all three of those guys. What do you want for those three? So you, you said Fam, Hendricks, and Schwarber, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know, I decided I'm breaking news to you right now. Fam, this is a this is a contract league, uh, and Fam is on a one or a two dollar deal. Two B, right? Two B, where he's going to have to be extended next year. Uh, but I mean, Tommy Fam is pretty damn good. I think we can say that with. Uh, confidence at this point i mean i'm looking at the bats projection for him the rest of the way and they they have him for 19 home runs 18 steals and a 280 average and that's a projection system and you know i think he could top all all three of those numbers so i don't think i want to trade tommy fam unless i'm getting your big dog back and that's juan soto Number five overall prospect on the the Roadwire top four hundred is that oh, is that a possibility? And, and I told you when I first reached out that probably wouldn't be trading Soto. It'd be probably preferable to trade Taylor Trammell. But if we can get something done for those three guys, I'd be willing to include Soto. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, look, this is an eighteen team league. I don't want to trade Juan Soto. Who's going to be? one of the most valuable pieces in that league, but it's a pretty good trio. It would give me a pretty good boost, I think. All right. So for talking fam, Schwarber, Kyle Hendricks, I think I'm going to need Juan Soto, Jesus Lazardo, oh. and Michael Kopech. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'd give you Kopech. I give you Kopech. Now Kopech's Kopech on a and Soto. Kopech's going to be one C next year, so I would have to extend him next yes. year. Whereas Jesus Lazardo is protected in your minor league system, so that's that's why you're more willing to deal Kopech than Lazardo. Yeah, and if I'm making a push this year, you know, I'm not able to keep Kopech in that in a minor league spot. We have ten of those. I have to keep him on my bench. So yeah, I'd be more inclined to move him. You need Lazardo too. For all three, I think I need Lazardo or Trammell. I mean, I assume you'd prefer to hold Trammell than than Lazardo. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Um. So Lazardo and Soto. I could do I could do Soto and Trammell and none of the pitchers for those three, or I could do Soto and the two pitchers for those three. I gotta hold on to Trammell. It was either Trammell or Soto. Or we could we could exclude Fam and take Soto off the table, but I know Fam's a big part of the a big part of the push. And I will be, no matter who you send my way, I will be sending Jemai Jones back to you, uh, because Ooh, baby, because <laughs> because I need <laughs> I only have ten minor league spots, and I don't want to just dump Jemai Jones and get a less deserving owner ending up with him next year. I'd want to want to make sure he landed. In good hands. Yeah. And I want this St. Louis lineup to come out because I just want some reassurance that Fam is fine. He's he's fine, right? We just look at our latest note on Fam on the site. Yeah, he'll be ready to return to the lineup Thursday. Okay. Yeah, and Fam, <laughs> I mean, since he got the call last May, around this time last year, he's been one of the best players in baseball, both 
fantasy and real life. You know, one of the highest war players. He's a stud. Yeah, I could really use really everything offensively. My pitching staff has been carrying me to this point. I would would not be – for everyone that's like – screaming like why would you trade tommy fam on a two dollar deal like the the reason why is because i have domingo santana michael conforto who also need to be extended next year and it's just i'd like to not have to extend all three of those outfielders so getting one of those guys loose obviously fam's the best of the bunch but there's you know you're going to get a lot more back for fam than Conforto or Domingo Santana right now. It's up the ante here a little bit. All right. You feel me? Um, <laughs> I don't think you're going to want to trade this guy. I certainly understand it. But if I were to throw in Trammell, too, with Soto and Lazardo, And Kopech? And Kopech. Would you maybe throw in Hoskins? <laughs> oh, man. I was like, where is he going to go with this? Where is he going to go? Oh, there. that's where he's going to go, obviously. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I got to hold Hoskins. He's on a he's on a three A deal. He's going to be three B next year. I don't have a another corner infielder on my entire roster other than Nick Senzel and the minors, who I will be building around heading into next year. So I think I need to hold Hoskins. Granted, he won't. He probably won't have that first base eligibility next year. But that that type of production, uh, that prototypical corner infield production, I, I think I need to hold on to Hoskins. All right, fair enough. Now what I about could, just I, Soto and Lazardo for that three? Um, I don't think I can do that. If you threw... Would you throw Wilmer Defoe in? I think that's trouble because I don't have many middle infielders who are any good. No. Um, what well, is, I mean, uh, I have Turner, but... What, is, what does Ian Kinsler do for you? <laughs> Very little. I mean, I, what is, he what is, is an interesting case, though, because, I mean, is he really just this bad all of a sudden? He's already lost his leadoff spot. What does uh, Kike Hernandez do for you? <laughs> Literally nothing. <laughs> um, man, that's tough. So you're, you would do... Those three for Soto, Lazardo, and Kopech. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to this later in the show. Later in the show, folks. Let me think of it as I think it's a fair deal. I think it's a fair offer. Lazardo, as great as he is, you know, he's got some concerns as any pitching prospect inherently has, but his may be elevated a bit more because he's already had Tommy John. Right. Maybe he's even less. I, I still don't know exactly what the side of the fence. I'm on with that because some, sometimes I think maybe it's good that a guy's had it once and gotten it out of the way. I think it's – I'm kind of on the side of the fence where it's good for the like five or six years after the first one, but you, I feel like they almost always need a second procedure like eight or ten years down the line. Like At some point, I think that there's only so long that UCL stays together. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just – we're definitely not doctors. We're just kind of BSing right now. But I mean, I, I think, you know, in that deal, you'd be getting a, a really quality keeper. And I mean, would it be crazy yeah. to you if we entered next year and fam was a, a consensus top 20 overall pick? No, I think he was pretty close to there this year. And if he repeats, I think you'd have to put him up there. I yeah. think the eye issues, you know, he's already had some issues with that already this season. And from what I was reading, he has to kind of do some eye training, even in the mid-game, like in the dugout. But I think he's shown that he can overcome that that eye uh, disease, I guess it is. Now, I doubt you would be keeping – well, actually, I mean, you could keep a $28 Kyle Hendricks next year, but I think you could definitely justify keeping a $17 Kyle Schwarber next year. Yeah. So it's not like these are all just expiring studs who, who have no long-term value past 2018. Would you maybe do that if you – would you maybe throw in um, your boy Cervelli? Is it too steep? That's too steep, but I would let you – if you weren't that interested in Jemai Jones, I would probably let you take a guy like Kyle Wright or Freudius Nova – instead of him 
Another part of this is because I'm getting back three big leaguers and only trading you one guy from my big league roster. Really, two drops, pretty much. I mean, Nico Goodrum's a clear drop. Um, but the other guy, maybe I could send back your way. Hmm. It'd probably be Drury, just because he's uh, not much. Yeah, I'd probably have to be, yeah, maybe Cueto. See, Cueto's in such a, such a tough spot, we just don't know what to do with him. But let's, uh, I'll think about it, and we'll, I'll get you an answer before the end of the show. All right. into some of these stash. Let's, Let's talk stashing. Let's talk stash games. Vlad Jr., we don't really need to talk much more about him but because we've both been on this stash for a while, but I'm kind of all in now on, on him getting called up this year. Yeah, I, I saw that uh, Blue Jays fan and swell guy and really, really smart guy, Rob Silver, is saying now he thinks Vlad's up uh, – right after the all-star break. And I think that that's, I'm kind of operating on a sometime in July or August timetable for Vlad. So I think, I think you're definitely getting, not definitely, but I think if you're stashing him, you're, you're definitely counting on September and you're counting on most of August. And there's a chance you might get a good chunk of July mixed in. So then we're, we're talking about, you know, 10 weeks possibly of, the clear, uh, clear top two prospect uh, in baseball. Who you know, I think when he's up, just kind of based on what other guys have done with the the big league baseball, I think the the power is going to be much more impactful. And I think a lot of people might realize by just looking at his minor league numbers, like the minor league numbers jump off the chart, uh, like off the page because of the control of the strike zone, the patience and the just 80 grade hit tool. But I think the the power is going to be really impactful over those, those final couple of months as well. Yeah. I mean, two homer game earlier this week, he's just looking like a beast and I'm not, you know, I wouldn't make it, I would trade for this guy if I could, but the owners in our staff league is just knocking apart with Vlad. Cause he could be a big difference maker in the second half. A guy who maybe isn't getting enough stash love right now is Luis Urias. You've been all over him, but I was surprised to see he was just recently picked up in our stake league where pretty much every like top like 100 prospect with an outside chance to make the majors this year is stashed. He was not. When do you think we see him? I think he's going to be up first week of June, uh, that Super 2 area. I mean, it, it just works out perfectly with, you know, you give him – roughly 200 plate appearances at AAA, and you save a little bit bit of money in the the process i think that that's when we see him and he's more of a deep league stash to me just because we we really we know we're not going to get much speed on the bases we don't really know what kind of power we're going to get he's already hit three home runs in 28 games at triple a, which is the exact same amount of home runs he hit in 118 games at double a last year. So positive trajectory with the power development and possibly with the big league baseball, he, he hits, you know, eight or 10 home runs this year, but you're really, if you're stashing him, you're stashing him because you expect him to hit for a really high average, get on base a ton, probably hit first or second in that order. I mean, that that's the appeal of stashing Urias. And in shallower leagues, that's not quite as appealing because you, you're looking for impact in terms of power and stolen bases. But in deeper leagues, I mean, he's a great guy to plug a hole if, if you need some help in the middle infield. Yeah, I'm with you there. Nick Senzel, man, I saw something earlier today. I need to get a note on this. Uh, kind of annoying that we don't have it. But, um... He's on the DL right now in the minors. They do are hoping anyway that he's back in short order. But given the history with Vertigo that he has, this is pretty troubling. I'm with you that I think in, in shallower leagues you probably just cut bait. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not something I would feel great about because it obviously could come back to, to bite you a little bit if he were to get the call in early June, which I think is still possible i just don't think we can really say it's probable anymore i I think it's if i were betting i would say he's not up in the first half at this Mm -hmm. point and you know unlike 
I think Senzel could be pretty good right away in the big leagues, but he's not he's not just kind of a slam dunk to be productive the way that Vlad Jr. is. And I think that there are plenty of reasons, especially if this this vertigo dizziness thing drags out a little bit longer than the team hopes. I think there's a, a chance that he doesn't come up at all this year. Yeah, and by the way, not prospect eligible anymore, but I'm of course I have to uh, string this Reds discussion out a little bit longer. <laughs> Jesse Winker, man, it's like where the power he showed last year was impressive. He can't buy an extra base hit right now. It's crazy. I I wish I could tell you something like yeah. it, it's he's I'm got such a frustrated. Good, he's got such a good control of the zone. I. I don't understand why he doesn't get to play every day. I I mean I know that joke. I know that like you have guys in Duvall and Shebler that have just very clear splits where you know you want to start Duvall against lefties, you want to start Shebler against righties, but shouldn't I, I think those two should just form a very very strict platoon and then you play Winker every day and then maybe if you want to get both Shebler and Duvall in you sit Billy Hamilton, but I I just no idea why Winker is not playing every single day. Yeah, it is crazy. Like you have to be evaluating this kid as much as you can this season. Can he hit lefties? Yeah, can exactly. He hit for power, like you have to find out. When you're rebuilding, what what better time to let a guy that may end up having platoon issues? What better time to let that guy prove Figure to you that he doesn't have platoon yeah. issues? If you if you just are going to platoon him in a lost season anyway, then that's the player he's going to be for you long term, and you're kind of putting a cap on his his potential value yeah jim riggleman proving himself to be pretty pretty stupid uh, <laughs> not a surprise though moving on bo bichette he's another guy like like with vlad they have an opening there especially with diaz hurt and if vlad got the call why not just go all in and bring bichette up you note here that he doesn't kind of have that immediate power upside but the hit tool should carry him you kind of think he'd be like in a similar boat to senzel where if he did get the call, it'd be a pretty similar stat line. Yeah, I think that that's exactly right. Uh, one of the bigger surprises to me of this minor league season has been that Bobachet is still looking for his first long ball of the year. Wow. Uh, he hit 14 that. last year. Uh, you know, he, he his isolated power dropped off a little bit after the promotion from low A to high A. Uh, he's still hitting for extra bases plenty. I mean, he, he's a doubles machine, but it's it's a little weird that he hasn't had a home run yet. I think he'll eventually start tapping into that and it, it'll start coming in bunches for him. But yeah, there's, there's limited 2018 upside, but I do think if Vlad comes up as long as Bichette is continuing to hold his own, I think he'll come up with him. Nice. And Austin Dean, I, and by the way, I like how you broke this up. Really nice little guide for, you know, if you need, Batting average, you got the group there. You need power, you need speed. It's all broken down really well. The last guy in batting average in that category was Austin Dean. Don't know much about him. What can you tell me? Well, Austin Dean, I think, first kind of broke onto the prospect radar when he was invited to the Futures game a few years ago just as the token Marlins representative in that game. Uh, He's put up, you know, some – if you look at his – breakdown year by year he's got some seasons where he was a well well above league average hitter at certain stops he's just never really hit for a ton of power in over over a long stretch he doesn't have impact speed he can't play center field so he's always kind of seemed like a fourth outfielder but all of a sudden I mean he just murdered double a pitching over a 22 game stretch got got the first uh, promotion to triple a and he's really carried over a pretty impressive approach at the plate. He's walking way more, and he's striking out right now against AAA pitchers. He's got a homer in 11 games. And you look at that Marlins outfield, Dean's approach alone, I think, can maybe make that team think we could bring this guy up and he, he might be able to, to keep his head above water. Uh, not a guy that I think has a ton of upside in terms of the power or, or speed, but a guy that I think we will see in 2018 and has a chance to hit enough and get on base enough to play every day. So uh, a name to definitely file away in, in deeper leagues, especially NL only. Moving on to potential power contributors, you lead off with Willie Adamas. And yeah, this Rays team 
can be frustrating when it comes to promoting prospects. But you're pretty confident now that we will see Adamas for a good chunk of the season. Yeah, I think Adamas comes up the same week that Luis Urias comes up. Uh, he's got a you know obvious several obvious avenues to playing time. I think with the the Rays, they're they're starting just a, a ton of uh, utility infielders right now, and Adamas has always had excellent on base skills. He's finally hitting close to 300 and uh, finally starting to tap into a bit more game power than we've seen in in recent years. I think that he is a guy that's really going to take advantage of the new baseball when he gets up. I'm not sure that the average is going to be there, but in OBP leagues especially, he's really intriguing to me. And if you're just looking for a middle infield option, I prefer Adamus to to Urias this year just because I think the counting stats are going to be more impressive. He'll steal more bases than Urias will. Nice. And, yeah, Kyle Tucker next up here. I'm selfishly hoping that Derek Fisher turns it around. He has been playing a little bit better lately just because I have him in some deep AL only. But I don't think he's going to be a guy that keeps Tucker down all season. When exactly do we see him? I, I was thinking second half. But Fisher and Marisnik's struggles, I mean, when I wrote this, they were both striking out over 40% of the time. If that keeps up into late May, early June, I think we might see Tucker sometime in June. And, you know, he's going to have to produce. Like, the the Astros are too good of a team to kind of let him go go a while through some struggles. I think if if he's not producing... Early on, I think he might get uh, his playing time jerked around a little bit, but uh, potential in all five categories. I couldn't really decide where to put him in the article, where to put him in in average power or speed. If I had to bet on one of those three aspects of his game being impactful in his debut season, I think it would be power, though, just because uh, that's been a part of his game that's really been developing lately, and especially with the the big league baseball, I think he could, could do some damage there, so... Uh, hitting anywhere in that lineup, I think, is is going to be advantageous for him. And the struggles of those guys ahead of him on the depth chart, I think, are, are going to lead to a first half promotion. Yeah, absolutely. Some of those homers he was hitting in the spring, were pretty crazy. Just big uppercut, you know, off the off the pole. It's pretty impressive for Kyle Tucker. And that's maybe not all. I mean, maybe he hits for a decent average. What kind of average do you think we could see from it? I, I wouldn't say it's going to be anything better than like 270. Uh, so it's not like a big drain there. No, no. I think that I think that that's the selling point with Tucker is he's not going to hurt you anywhere, most likely, and he could end up. You know, if he if he has some good luck early on, he could end up being a, a plus in all five categories. Well, a quick note from our sponsor, Fantasy Baseball fans. The season is underway, and with baseball season comes FanDuel, offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball, no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel, the excitement of fantasy baseball without the full season grind. Something for everyone, tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. James, you're part of the Roadwire Baseball Championship, and you are in second place currently in the overall Nice work. How'd you do last night? Uh, I was not great. I think that I got a little too cute and uh, probably should have just used Nick Pavetta uh, and and loaded my lineup with, with stud hitters, but I saw some value out there on the hitting side and, and tried to get uh, Alex Wood in there who just didn't, didn't provide enough points for me to cash in that thing yeah i had geo i went with geo gonzalez who was fine but not particularly good didn't get a win and yeah some of the low cost hitters the value hitters i like like brad miller uh kind of crapped the bet so that'll happen but nice work so far you can play against us and others in the roadwire baseball championship go to fandle.com slash rwbc and you can play against your friends for bragging rights or play against the public for million in cash prizes to take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You get a free six-month Rotowire subscription to help you give you the tools you need to succeed with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. 
James, next up on your list is a guy that I stashed hard last week in the stake league. <laughs> I told you I was going to go pretty aggressive, and I did five bucks out of a $100 budget. I don't know if there was even another bid on this guy in the league, but my thinking was kind of like, say, you know, VMAR was dealing with an ankle injury. Say VMAR goes in the DL, he gets called up tomorrow. What does he go for? And I thought maybe 10, 11, 12 bucks. So maybe half of that spent a five spot. Um, he hit another home run last night, eight homers now for Kristen Stewart, leads the International League. Pretty crazy run he's on right now. And we talked about him last week. The most impressive part of this profile and the what he's shown this year is the improved contact rate. Yeah, the the contact rate has regressed slightly since I I wrote about that, but still really excellent at seventeen point six percent strikeout rate. Uh, yeah, the power's gonna be impactful right away. Like he, he's definitely gonna hit for for over the fence power as soon as he gets to the big leagues and. I, I love how you went hard on that stash because man, we're, we're getting to a point in that league where really, if you want to add anyone to stash, I mean, a zero or $1 bid, just not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got Austin Riley, who you also wrote up like for three the week prior. It may be a while, but he did get the bump up to triple a with Jose Bautista coming up and, you know, Bautista's old. He could get hurt at any point. And I really think if he, falters or if there's an injury in the outfield maybe they move Batista to a corner and uh give Riley a long look but is there a, a decent chance maybe like even up to 50 percent that we don't see him at all Riley yeah yeah I think that it's possible it, it to me it's going to kind of depend on what all the all the factors you mentioned plus how Riley does at triple a like if he's just kind of okay at triple a and they're able to you know it really if he's just okay at triple a he's not going to be up i mean because they have johan camargo that they can plug back over there if if bautista gets hurt or struggles so it's going to be you know riley's going to have to force the issue and there's going to have to be a spot for him so uh definitely a high risk high reward stash uh christian stewart i definitely think is is up though probably in the first half one way or another just based on their i mean they have so many openings where they could put him uh, as you as you alluded to, well, nice start for Riley so far. Triple A, three games, four for fourteen, uh, with one extra base hit, two walks, three strikeouts, a three thirty three average, four twenty nine on base. So good start for him. But yeah, he'll need to keep it up in order to get that promotion. But jumping back to a guy who was not on my radar really at all, Fran Mil Reyes, and uh, we always thought of this Padres outfield as being pretty crowded, but. It could maybe be a spot for him, and what he's doing right now at AAA El Paso is, is pretty insane. Already up to 13 homers. Yeah, and he he's not one of these guys that's just like a 25 or 26-year-old beating up on a level that he's grown accustomed to. He is 22 years old, and this is his first taste of AAA. And he, as soon as I wrote up breakout hitters, uh, two weeks ago or or last week he proceeded to tally 16 hits and eight home runs in the next six games and i actually saw some of those on twitter now that i'm reading this and a lot of those were oppo oh yeah all power to all fields big raw power he's Mm. uh he's a big boy and all of a sudden this this padres outfield is one of the most crowded outfields in the nl because you know obviously our boy franchi is is more than holding his own. Travis Jankowski's been good in a in a small sample. Will Myers is uh, getting healthy. Uh, I don't think they're going to take away any at bats from Manny Margot. I think he's going to snap out of his funk sooner than later. So it's the the big question for me is where does Reyes play? I think that if there was an opening, like if if Framiel Reyes was on the Tigers, I'd rather own him than Christian Stewart for redraft purposes, just because I think he's been the better player thus far but you know he's he's kind of a better version of hunter renfro i mean hunter renfro man i mean that guy's just so buried yeah <laughs> he, he's hurt right now but he i mean he might get uh activated and just optioned when he I, is healthy i would have no problem cutting hunter renfro in pretty much any format right now mm-hmm. uh, other than just a, a deep dynasty uh but yeah reyes 
you know, he, he might need an injury, uh, another injury maybe to, to get a look. I think if he just keeps raking like this, they'll probably bring him up for, for like a weekend just to kind of serve as like a bench bat, just to sort of see how it translates, see how it looks. But, uh, I mean, it, you're, you'd be hard pressed to find a 22 year old get off to a better start at triple a in really my memory i can't i can't think of a guy have a hotter start to his his first uh season at that level well just jumping down a little ways just because you said you have no problem cutting renfro it sounds like you have a similar kind of mindset with with willie calhoun right now yeah i i mean i just don't i don't know what you're waiting for like if it's a 15 team league and you're still holding willie calhoun i think that's pretty misguided i mean if it's like a like if you owned him in the stake league, would you cut him? It's an eighteen teamer. Man, probably not. Just because I don't know. That's tough, but I probably wouldn't myself. Yeah, I mean it. It's borderline, and for me, in an eighteen team mixed league on Willie Calhoun for this season, just because he's not he's not hitting really right mm-hmm. now. Like it, it's. Obviously, I think if he were if he were doing what every everyone that was a big Willie Calhoun fan thought he was going to do when he went down to AAA, I think he would certainly be up uh, either this weekend or or next week. But looks like he's coming on a little bit. Okay, he's got hits in at least six straight. I can't go back any further. Um, yeah, six straight, three doubles over that stretch, down to three homers. So the overall numbers still don't look very good though. And then, you mean, you had, this was before he got this hit streak going, but John Daniels came out and said that there's no immediate plans to promote him, obviously. Um, and then even when he comes up, I have I was skeptical coming into the year about how he'd do in a full season against big league pitching, uh, particularly left-handed pitching. And obviously the Rangers aren't really trying to compete this year, so I think they would deal with the defensive struggles to to some extent but um yeah i don't know i'm just i'm not as high on him obviously as as a lot of people are for for 2018 jumping back up a little ways eloy jimenez not a ton to say here but you've tabbed him as the ultimate high risk high reward stash at least a 50 percent chance he doesn't even come up i'm going to just play this waiting game because um in a league like the stake league it's well worth taking this chance i get in a 15 team league though if you don't really have the patience for this guy yeah it's it's very roster dependent like if you if you look at the waiver wire i mean like who would you even drop him for in in an 18 team mix league but in like a 15 team mix league if you have a hole you need to plug and you're dealing with some injuries man that it's gonna be it'd be a painful move to cut bait but uh rick Hahn alluded earlier this week that they might promote him to triple a before the all-star break and he needs to get promoted to triple a before he can get promoted to the big leagues and so if, if we're kind of on that timetable maybe let's just say he goes to triple a in early to mid-june and then you know how how hot would he have to be for how long to for them to call him up this season i think it's it's a tough uh it's a tough call either way, but I think if you're really squeezed, I'd be okay cutting him loose. Yeah, it's crazy, though. Just looking at you know, that outfield at the, at the major league level, Delmonico, Angle, <laughs> Palka, Trace Thompson, Leary Garcia. Avisel Garcia is hurt right now, but if it were just a you know, vacuum baseball decision, he'd be up. Now, you were saying earlier in the season, like as a Reds fan, that part of the reason you wanted Nick Senzel to come up is just like throw the fans a bone. And somebody, yeah. somebody said in my comments, like as a white Sox fan, like I just want them to bring them up. Now, is that just it's the irrational fan? Talk. It's the irrational fan. Like if, if I was a fan of either of those teams, I'd be like, Hey, keep them down. I don't care. Like let's, let's get it. Let's get them for as long as we possibly can. Hey, you haven't been watching the eight and 27 or 10. And you're 27 just, you're a much more dedicated fan than I am. If, if my team was as bad as the reds, I think I'd be, uh, missing a hefty amount of games. Yeah. I've watched too much reds baseball. That's for sure. But, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is tough because I know they didn't they say before the season that they had every intention to keep him down. Yeah, yeah. I think 
now you don't want to read too much into like those yeah. types of quotes. And even like that John Daniels, Willie Calhoun quote, like I shouldn't, you shouldn't read too much into that because you're just kind of saying, you're saying the thing that puts the least amount of pressure on the player, yeah. obviously. So, uh, I, I think that there's reasons to bring up Eloy that make sense. Like if, if you're trying to make some more money at the, the gate and, you know, you just want to keep generating interest in your, your young rebuilding team. I think that that that's all fine. And I, I definitely think there will come a point this summer where he's earned a promotion. It's just a matter of, you know, if we're, if we're in early August or even late July, you're burning about four months of team control just to bring him up to throw a bone to the fans. Like I, I just kind of wonder about the logic there. Yeah, I'm with you there. We're running a little long, so I'm just going to kind of mention these guys, Jake Bowers, Clint Frazier, but Ryan McMahon, did his stock in your eyes take a decent hit with his struggles earlier this year, or were you kind of writing them off just given how sporadic his playing time was? Uh, I started the year with Ryan McMahon well inside my top 30. I think now he's on the borderline of, being inside my top 50. So he has moved down since the start of the year. Uh, part of that is I think the Rockies are partially to blame for having him on the big league roster and not playing him that much, but he didn't play well when he was given the shot. So you got to hold him somewhat accountable there. It's just a lot of the shine that there was in the preseason has worn off at this point. Tyler O'Neill, Austin Hayes, Chris Shaw, the others in this power tier. Any of those guys that kind of breezed over that you want to mention? I think you can cut bait with Austin Hayes if you're still holding on to him. Uh, Tyler O'Neill, it's just about whether someone in front of him gets hurt, although Harrison Bader's been playing a lot better. Uh, he looks like a you know a legit option they could turn to if they needed a uh, a fresh outfielder to, to be playing every day. So it's not even a lock O'Neill comes up, but Austin Hayes, I think you could cut bait if you drafted him in the, the preseason. Moving on to the speed tier, Dustin Fowler, who did get the call. Good to see. And I was updating the projected order today and I put him atop the order against right-handers. Do you think that's how it shakes out? I hope so. I think that that's where he belongs. I think that's where you can take most advantage of, of his skills. He's, He's kind of a, a classic number one or number two hitter to me, especially against righties. Raul Mondesi, he's at Omaha right now. Uh, got a couple homers, not running maybe as much as you'd expect. I guess it's only eight games. Why was why has he only played eight games? Do you know? Oh, he, shoulder injury? Yeah, he missed the first month. Oh, that makes sense. So do you think we see him pretty soon? I sure would hope so. He, I think he's ready for the challenge of hitting big league pitching every day. And Alcides Escobar has shockingly been terrible. And huh. I, I have no, I have no idea why they signed Alcides Escobar, but whenever they're willing to admit that that was a mistake, we'll see Mondesi. I just don't know when that's going to be. Like it, it could be tomorrow. It could be July. Like I really just don't know, but Mondesi's got, a ton of upside for fantasy purposes, just because I think he will run quite a bit when he gets to the big leagues and there's some, some sneaky pop there as well. Yeah. And getting these stolen bases kind of concentrated in one roster spot, I found to be pretty valuable actually so far this year, like Enciarte. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't, can't really make it, you know, you're, you're losing ground in some other categories, but I think it's better to have one of those guys than several who are hurting you in other places. So he could be pretty valuable. Roman Quinn was the guy that you predicted to get the call. Didn't didn't happen, but I do think it's it's coming pretty soon. Yeah, it I think it's you know, Aaron Alther's been playing better. Nick Williams, I think, is is the guy that maybe switch spots switches spots with Roman Quinn when they decide to go that route. Uh Quinn's a guy that he could get the call and just come up to play like twice a week. So it's not it's not a lock that when Quinn gets the call, he's going to play enough to have relevancy in shallower leagues. But the of all the guys I, I highlight in this speed tier, he's got the most per game stolen base upside. Franklin Barreto, good to see him improving at that level from year to year. I mean, he's not hitting it quite the same clip, but his on base is 
up considerably. The slugging percentage is up quite a bit. You have him as a guy who will be more of a, a speed contributor at the big league level, but he has five homers compared to just one steal right now. Um, what's his path look like? I mean, who does he have to leap to get a, get the call? I, I don't think he's going to leap either of the guys ahead of him. I think he needs an injury, and that's I know that's kind of a bummer if you've been stashing Barreto, but uh, Marcus Semien is a much better defensive shortstop than Franklin Barreto is, so much so that I don't even know if there's anything Barreto could do offensively to be a better option than Semien at short and then at second base. I mean, Jed Lowry's just tearing the cover off the ball, so I think you're. I think he's going to need an injury, and maybe he gets. Maybe one of those guys gets dealt this summer. I guess that's a possibility too. But uh, at least in the short term, I think he needs an injury. And the reason I think he's more of a speed guy in the big leagues is I don't think he's going to hit for a very high average, and I think that his placement in the lineup in uh, Nashville as uh, Melissa Lockhart has said in the past is the reason why he's not running. I think that he will be a threat on the bases once he gets to the big leagues. Final two guys you wrote up here, Steven Duggar, Victor Robles. What's the latest on those two? Uh, Duggar is striking out a bit more than I would have expected. Uh, he's, he's going to be up at some point. He's, going to be a better option than some of the guys that they have next to Andrew McCutcheon in that outfield um, and speed's really the only category where I would expect him to be a, an impact option right away and then Victor Robles it's it's tough to get good information on how he's recovering uh, from that hyperextended elbow really tough to peg a estimated return date and then even once he's back and healthy I think he'll have to knock the rust off at triple a so Really tough to say when he's going to be up. That's another guy that I'd be okay uh, cutting in kind of your normal mixed redraft leagues. Nice. And, of course, you've listed the pickups from the Rotowire Dynasty Invitational as well as TDGX. Any pickups catch your eye this week? Because uh, I'm looking at Sir Anthony Dominguez, and I got my my senses up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no longer stash worthy. No, he, he doesn't qualify as a stash anymore, but man he's nasty and i'm i love it when teams are willing to just admit that a guy is better suited for the bullpen because if he was still being developed as a starter he'd be at high a probably and as soon as they turned him into a reliever he just rocketed through the system he's one of their best relievers right now uh if anything were to happen to hector Neris, i think dominguez is the the high upside play in that bullpen uh the other guy that i i do want to mention in T- in TDGX, I had a twenty one dollar bid on Domingo Herman, and and I lost the tiebreaker there. And then I foolishly only bid a buck on Chris Paddock, and I'm really kicking myself for that because he's just been dominant right uh, so far this season. I uh, really think that his stock is is on the way up. So if Chris Paddock's out there, I'd grab him right now. Very interesting. Well, let's circle back to this trade discussion because I'm not positive that those three would necessarily push me up to the top but look you only live once might be time to make this deal so let's think of this over one more time tommy fam slim down kyle schwarber skinny schwarber skinny schwarbs who i kind of have some fomo about <laughs> yeah you, you don't have any schwarber no, shares any and schwarber this is share. this is your chance the second i get a share he's gonna just right. <laughs> just implode Certainly. Um, he could lead off, though, for them. They're, they're kind of struggling to find a leadoff man, and that didn't really work well last year, but I could I could see that. And and Kyle Hendricks, he doesn't really give me a big K punch, but does give you a lot elsewhere. For Juan Soto, oh, man, Jesus Lazardo and Michael Kopech. And there are contracts involved, so don't, don't just think that I'm giving – because in, in a – in a true dynasty league, I would not trade. Uh, well, actually, I might. But like, there, there are contracts involved, and so that's that's part of the reason why uh, the trade is what it is. Like, you got anything else you'd kick my way? Well, you, if, got, a, you got a box in there. No, I, I mean, I expect could, you to trade. I, I could, uh, I could allow you to buy low on Lucas Duda. 
<laughs> Boy. <laughs> I just have enough corner guys and will definitely if I um never mind, I'm not getting a corner guy, but I am getting Adrian Beltre back in my lineup this week. Oh man. Jesus Lazardo and Kopech. Kopech that you'd have to extend next year though. Yeah. Yeah. What about instead of Soto, we swap in Trammel? Still getting a pretty good haul here. I I can't I can't the the fam part of the deal falls apart without Soto because he's just too good. Like I, I'm trading one of the best outfielders in the game and one of the few true 2020 threats that's not going to kill your batting average. And I, I need to get. I love Taylor Trammell, but he's a he's a great prospect. He's not an, an elite prospect just yet for me because he is he's 20 years old. He's at at high A. Soto, 19 year old. Already forced his way up to double A. Mm, I'm not buying that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> that you don't view that you don't view Soto as an elite. They're not in the same tier. Come on, they're not in the same tier prospect. Let me look at what Schwarber's XBA is. Ah, oh, two seventy nine. That's pretty good. Let's uh, see some other st- <laughs> stat leaderboard. This is the uh, Statcast leaderboard portion of the prospect podcast. Damn right it is. <laughs> Schorber, pretty good ex Woba. <laughs> One more. Um, That's pretty good. God, I'm just terrified of Schorber. That's pretty good Woba. Why am I so terrified of this guy? It's because you you're just not a believer. Yeah. Let's see. How many other nibbles are you getting on this trade block right now? Probably a bunch. Well, there's you're you're not interested in in Madison Bumgarner because of his contract, but there there are a lot of a lot of interested parties on on Bumgarner right now. Uh, I've hmm. told a couple people. Well, I've told several people they just flat out don't have enough for Tommy Pham. I've told other people that you're interested in Kyle Hendricks and they cannot match what you're capable of matching for Kyle Hendricks. It's hmm. good to know, man. Schwarber, it's, it's crazy that the ground ball rates up so high fly ball rate down really low, but you look at that one forty seven WRC plus like that playing time's not going anywhere Got the K rate way down. I mean, All right, these, man. These are three impact pieces. <laughs> Oh, this is tough. Because um, I, I want to do something for the, our listeners here. I want to, you know, spice things up by getting a deal done. But I'm just hesitant right now. Well, does you know does uh, what if I kicked in Francisco Cervelli and you kicked in a first round pick <laughs> for Cervelli? Come on, man. I mean, he's a, what is he, like a top four fantasy catcher right now? <sighs> God. How about you just kick in Cervelli? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. It's Francisco Cervelli. I got, a, I got an owner that's dangling one of my favorites for Cervelli, and I just can't decide if I believe what Cervelli's doing and want to keep him at 6 bucks next year or if I want to just unload all the risk associated with believing in Francisco Cervelli. It's crazy. Cervelli's a 1.2 war player, according to Fangraphs already. It's pretty nuts. It's nutty. Five homers. No way he keeps this up, but maybe a, a second instead. And that's going to be the, what is that going to be, the 38th pick? <laughs> 36th pick? I mean, quite possibly it'll be like the 35th. But I mean, in a league fourth. like this, Kyle Hendricks is going to swing your pitching categories. <laughs> I don't know about that. Look at those ratios. That ERA actually might even come down. He's at 302 right now. I could see him finishing under three. I'm not including a first for Cervelli. So, what about if instead of throwing you Jemai Jones, 
I throw you Leody Tavares. Leody. So back to the original, no Cervelli. Yeah. <sighs> Let's see here. Where do you have Leody? Man, you're willing to part with him, huh? He's just further away. Yeah. All right, so we're talking just to set, get this finalized here. Fam, Hendricks, and Schwarber for Soto. Well, and Leody Tavares. For Soto, uh, Jesus Lazardo and Kopech. Yeah? Well, I'll, I'll do that, James, if you will. Um, if you need some time to think about it, that's fine. But I ah. think I'm just going to go in and try to win this year. Let's do it. I mean. All right. You know how I, you, much I you're hate the, getting rid of Soto, by the way? You're the commissioner of this league. You get to put up with the worst auction night in the history of man. I feel like you deserve <laughs> to, to walk away with a little something out of it. You know, the the inclusion of Tavares swung, swings me there because he is a ways away and yeah, but he's you can use really you well. could use him to get some more pieces. Yeah, exactly. As you make your push, and yeah, I'll have to decide on Fam in that extension. But that two dollar contract with the salary cap, that's uh, pretty helpful. So, shall we do it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, we got a deal done on the air. He's probably excruciating to listen to that negotiation. <laughs> but, yeah, shouts. Uh, yeah, hit us up on Twitter if you made it through that entire negotiation, and I'll <laughs> I'll throw I'll throw a favorite your way. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice of you. Well, because we went long on that, we'll take it somewhat uh, short on this next entry to the collabs countdown. Number 15, I think, on our respective lists. Is 15 or 16? It's, it's 15. number 15. All right. Mine is Losing Weight Part 2, Cameron and Joel Santana. Oh, wow. Um, one of my all-time favorite songs. And I'm actually... If I were to make a wrestling T-shirt, if I were to become a pro wrestler, um, it would say the chorus of that song, F Losing Weight. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. That's that's awesome. <laughs> Just I, a big boy gimmick, big fat boy. I did not. <laughs> I did not. Uh, I don't think anyone really expected you to be the first person to. Dust off a cam. Dust off a cam track on here. And, uh, yeah, quick spoiler. I've only got one cam track coming, but it's not no. coming. It's not coming this week. And it's not losing weight part two. It's not losing weight part two. It's not even off a Cameron album. Oh, how about that? I'll I don't even you, know what I'll that let, is. I'll let you, I'll let the listeners try to figure that one out. Uh, yeah, that's a great track off a great album. Um, love Cameron. I, all my favorite Cameron songs i think the the majority of them at least are just him or i only like the cameron verse i, I mean it's hard for Joel's to to keep up with cam lyrically but mm. you know he does his best he tries his hardest uh mine is i'm gonna have to go all the way back to 1996 for this one uh two of america's most wanted tupac featuring snoop dogg that's a hell of a track. I like that one a lot. Um, yeah, I don't have much to add, but great pick. Yeah, I I mean, it's it's Tupac, and I'm not the biggest Tupac guy, but you can't argue with can't argue with a track like that. There is there is one more Tupac track coming up on my final fourteen, but uh, this one was the the penultimate Tupac song for our uh collabs countdown and great video too oh yeah excellent video and like a really uh you know really memorable iconic kind of couple month period in the history of west coast rap where you know things were going swimmingly (laughs) (laughs) i think and and snoop like just gotten out of one had was snoop that just got out of jail when they did that um yeah, and uh, man, I want to say Tupac had recently been shot or something. I, I don't know. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, um, couple couple great tracks. Yeah, absolutely. Check that out if you 
on YouTube, that video, if you haven't seen it. And definitely check out the Spotify playlist. That I'm going to retweet that, I think, uh, next Thursday before the show, just so people can get, get caught up. Yeah, yeah, it's getting to be pretty lengthy and pretty solid. By the way, you'll, you'll enjoy hearing this with the Angels activating Keenan Middleton, Jabari Blash sent down, so that should buy uh, Cole Calhoun a little thing. <laughs> a little he, he was, uh, inside on, tidbit. Patience was wearing on you a little bit there. Calhoun. It's crazy how much he's struggling, but that'll do it for us guys in the Roadwire Prospect Podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Talk to you next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.